Welcome to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today with me, I have Deborah Coleman. She is a phenomenal lady that definitely has a lot going on. A little bit about Deborah. She gets super, super excited and passionate about opportunities that allow her to bring her administrative experience and talents to the forefront. She is a woman that is definitely versatile and she does not stop at no. When she hears no, she thinks about next opportunity or new openings because a no is not going to limit her from the endless possibilities that she's going to achieve. She's always curious. Um, she takes the same skills and apply them to producing her own podcast where she gets to ask all the questions to fierce female industry experts and share their amazing insight with her listeners. So Deborah, welcome and thank you so much for being here. And I want you to share a little bit more about yourself because a bio is just a bio. There's definitely more to it. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there so is. Well, I just, first of all, want to say thank you, Genesis, huge fan. I am so excited for you to see you take off in this way and to be a part of your journey is just simply amazing. Um, For those of you who may or may not know, Genesis did the same for me. I was a newbie, still am in many ways, newbie podcaster, fresh on the scene. And Genesis had this amazing book out, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. And I, she came on my show, you know, a relative unknown to help promote her book. And so I was so grateful for her to do that. And we had an amazing conversation. So I I hope I do the honor of returning their favor, but thank you so much for letting me be here. Um, Well, as Genesis said, I am a, I I am an executive assistant by day. Let me start there. And I'm a podcast producer and host by night. Um, Executive assistant, you know, I followed that administrative professional path, like pretty much straight out of college and went up the ladder, you know, started as a part-time temp, got hired on as a receptionist and then went on up to where now I'm the executive assistant to the vice provost of faculty affairs at UNLV. Um, So it's a lot of fun. I love being on a college campus. I've been in higher education for close to 20 years. Um, Yeah, I love it. I love being around young people. They just keep you honest. (laughs) They keep you honest because they totally tell you what's up, you know, Um, but they are just so innovative and you know, anyone that tells you, you know, the youth of today, like the Gen Z and the younger set millennials are like slackers, don't really know what they're doing and talking about. And they haven't spent quality time with them because these are some of the like fiercest hustlers I've ever been around, you know? Um, so I really enjoy that, that industry. Um, and about, gosh, in 20, late 2019, I went to my husband and I, I'm a fan of podcasts myself. I like my podcast listening library is huge. Um, and I, something about it just, I really liked it. I love the whole audio journey that you take with somebody. And I was telling this to my husband and he said, look, I mean, I'm totally paraphrasing, but he's like, you love to talk. Why don't you just put a mic in front of your mouth and make it legit? And why don't you start a podcast? Like, God, I never thought of that. So um, I, <laughs> I started uh, in January, 2020, right before this wonderful pandemic hit, I started um, on my journey. And much like Genesis, I just, I stared at that red record button and just said, let's do it and hit record. And I've just been running ever since. So um, this January, January, 2022 will be my two-year anniversary. Um, I am close to 80 shows in and loving it. Um, my show, Have a Seat Conversations with Women in the Workplace, as Genesis, as Genesis mentioned, is 
basically that it's conversations with fierce females like Miss Genesis and um, exploring their journey, how they got to where they are, lessons they've learned. Um, we hear from industry experts, we hear from mothers, sisters, friends, anyone who wants to have their 15 minutes. I think we all have a story to tell as Genesis does as well as her show shows us. And um, I'm just a part of, uh, excited to be a part of that segment of the population of the podcast population. So a little bit about me in a nutshell. Beautiful. And I'm so glad that you put that all into a beautiful package, Deborah. And for the listeners and viewers out um, out there, our topic today is women in the workplace. And the reason why I wanted Deborah to be on the show is because, you know, normally she's behind the mic asking questions and interviewing fierce women, but she is a fierce woman herself. And so she definitely needs to come to the forefront and talk about her journey, how it started and where she is now, because that's the beauty of journeys is we don't always end up where we start. And it's the starting point that really makes us appreciate the end results because we go through zigzags, we go through ups and downs, we go through cricks, nicks, and crannies, but we learn more about ourselves on a daily basis. And as long as we're open to receiving feedback, taking on new knowledge and learning, then we're certainly growing personally and professionally. So Deborah, whenever you left college, did you know you wanted to go in the administrative side of things or did you have other goals and aspirations? Wow. Well, like any 18 year old, I had dreams that I was going to be the next best fill in the blank, right? Um, at the time I was working retail in the clothing industry and I wanted to be a fashion merchandiser. I wanted to be the one to dress the mannequins. I wanted to be the one who kind of like outfitted everything. Um, so I, that's the journey I initially took right out of college. I worked my way kind of through the retail ranks, got, a, you know, department store in the mall, you know, <laughs> I'll date myself like, you know, early nineties, you know, in working in a mall and doing the thing. And then I decided I was going to college at the same time. So working retail and going to college worked because you can totally, you know, your schedule is crazy. You can work nights, go to school during the day. I graduated with my AA degree and thought to myself, because at 19, you know, everything, right? Um, I said, I'm good. I don't need anything else. Um, and somewhere along the way, I kind of got tired of the retail hustle of working nights, of working weekends, of, you know, that whole thing. So I said, you know what? I have some friends that were receptionists that were doing clerical work. And I thought, you know what? I kind of like that because I found that I like to be behind the scenes. I like to be the task rabbit, so to speak. Um, and so I signed up with a temp agency, quit the retail world and, um, got a taste of office life and I loved it. I mean, I know some people are like, really? But no, I did. Um, I liked being the one, um, you know, I liked kind of being the one to help you be the best, whatever you were um, and being behind the scenes kind of person. So that really took off and I loved it ever since. I just sort of stayed in that. I found out like what kind of ladder that entails. What do you go from being a receptionist? You go back then it was secretary um, and then you go administrative assistant and then you kind of work your way up through there. Um, so I went back to school. So again, I started, got out of retail, got into the corporate side, worked for some like really prestigious firms in Orange County, California is where I broke my teeth, so to speak. Um, and then I did quickly decided being in the corporate world, ugh, I think I want to go back and get my bachelor's. But AA is not enough, though. Associate's degree was fine. It was great. And I won't lie. It opened doors. I am a huge fan of obtaining a degree if that is your like if you feel that's 
for you to do, I say, go for it because I'm not going to lie. I was told by HR reps, we interviewed you because you had a degree. And I think in the administrative world, that means something. Um, you know, if you're an accountant or you're in finance or you're an engineer or IT, of course that means something there. But I think in the administrative world, there it does mean a little extra because it shows that maybe you invested a little bit more in yourself. You were like, you know, traditionally trained, you know, from the brick and mortar university. So that got that did get me in the door, but I quickly realized I really won a bachelor's degree and it wasn't career related. It was just for me, for my own personal growth. I wanted that check mark. I wanted that, that degree, so to speak in a frame, like everybody else. And I think because I was around people who had degrees, it just motivated me to go back to school. So I uh, went back to school, attended state university and obtained my degree in 2004 in human services. <laughs> shocker that I got a degree in something human like sociology human services is sociology and psychology together it's like a marriage if they got married and had a baby it would be human services so it's not as um oh gosh as term terminology based as social and it's not as like clinical as psych so it's kind of a nice blend between the two um and that has really aided me well in my career journey learning human behavior especially as a support staff and, and, and an administrative professional you know, we're involved in all the things, you know, again, we're not just one track. We're not just with the accountants. We're not just with IT. We're not just with finance. We are like generalists. We have to know a little bit about all of those things and work with, and as such, you're working with different personalities. So you really have, you develop a thick skin early on, which has again, aided me well. Um, Joseph and I have shared our woes of being in the workplace. Um, not only being in the workplace, but being a woman in the workplace, being a minority woman in the workplace. And at the time being younger, just starting out in the game, it's like, oh, wow, you know, boof, boof, you know, you get just hit with all this stuff. You, you're constantly asked to prove yourself and you're, and you got to do it better than everybody else. And so, um, yeah, that's, I don't even know if I answered the question, but that's kind of how I got into it. And yes, when I got a taste of uh, clerical administrative work, I knew it was for me and I haven't left it since. And it's great that you shared that perspective and that you got a taste of it. And I like the way that you explained it because you said, yeah, having an AA degree is cool, but you wanted something more, which was self-fulfilling for you, not necessarily self-fulfilling for the job, but it completed who Deborah Coleman was. And in human services, it's like a best of both worlds, sociology and psychology. So you could know how to really interact with people because people are their own beast because there's they come from different walks of life different personalities and being a, an AA an administrative assistant it's not easy and the reason why I'm saying that is because I started as an administrative assistant in oil and gas which is the good old boys club and you don't see a lot of women or you don't see a lot of minority women so whenever you're the only one they look at you different and some people they don't give enough administrative assistance the credit that they deserve and they're the ones who keep the wheels grease they're the glue that keeps everything together they know a little bit about everything and people just pass by your desk and they're like oh that's the coffee getter or she just does calendars or she orders our lunches for meetings, but we do so much more than that. And I feel like administrative assistants as well as EAs, because EAs are higher than a normal administrative assistant. Sometimes 
it feels like we get overlooked and under notice whenever in actuality, if it wasn't for the administrative assistant or the executive assistant, the business will not flow the way that it does. So being a woman, well, being a minority or a woman of color, I'm not sure how you want to categorize yourself, Deborah. Mm. Do you feel that being in the higher education space, working at um, the university that you work at, do you feel like some of the women there are more willing to help one another or do you see them being in competition with each other? Great question. Great question. I would have to say at the university I'm at, women are very supportive. Um, just recently, it's funny you say that because about 2019, um, we there a women's council was formed and um, a black professional women's group was formed alongside it. And so they're really trying to up their affinity group game, if you will. And so we're, they're trying to empower women more, recognize their role in academia, both on the academic side and the administrative side of the house. So I have to say, yes, they have, make, they have made huge strides in that area. There's still a long way to go as with anything, but I really appreciate the attempt and um, the fact that they are willing to have those conversations now. Mm. And do you ever... Um spearhead any organizations to really bring together the women in your group or to mentor some of the women who may be under under the EA level like the exec like um I don't know if there's a board of executive assistants in your department and then you guys do mentorship for new and up-and-coming administrative assistants because I know since we came from different industries things are different but I think that being, once being an admin and looking from the outside in, if there were more women who would look for ways to help pull up one another and really complement each other, then I would think that being in the administrative assistant world, it would be more beneficial and fruitful because there are some people who absolutely love it. They don't just like it, but they love it. And there's some who like it and they're just doing it to get their feet wet so they can move up their career. But then I feel like sometimes some women feel inferior and intimidated by those women who do not want to stay in that profession. So what would you say about that? Or have you experienced that? Oh, yes. Yeah, perfectly put. Absolutely. Um, oh, gosh, in my career journey, I have had some amazing women who, when I was coming up in this, in this role, who were, of, of course, above me in the tree, so to speak, and they really turned around and pulled me up with them, showed me what to do, mentored me. And some of them didn't even realize they were doing it. Um, they were, they just, I kind of, was learned at their heel without actually saying so, you know, how we can kind of do that. Um, so I really appreciate those men and women, to be fair, uh, that did that. It, they really showed me the ropes. I then, I like to think of myself as paying that forward when I know we have a new admin starting on campus somewhere. If I, if I catch wind of it, I will reach, I try to reach out to them because working in a big corporation or on a college campus, it's like a small town. So I do not, I may not know what's going on like two buildings down or this way or that way. So if I catch wind of someone new, I will try to reach out. And if you need anything, I know what it's like to be new on this, on this campus. It is so huge. If, if there's anything I can do, let me know. I feel it's a responsibility 
because I have worked my way up now, I'm at the, the highest level you can go in terms of administrative support in within my organization. I feel it's a, it's a duty of mine um, to, to, to do that to not only those that are like a, a rung or two below me, but to those that are also my equal, anyone, any other fellow EAs coming on. I think it's healthy. Um, I don't buy into, it's funny you ask this because I really don't buy into, well, that's beneath me attitude. I don't think there's anything that's beneath us at all. I think that we have all been there. And when you extend a handout, it's a win-win for both of you because you never know the relationship you're forming with that individual. And let's face it, they could easily surpass you in two seconds. And now you're going to try and buddy up and make friends. No, I don't think so. You need to do it when it counts, when it matters, because we were all there. We were all new. We were all down on that rung. And, and I just really want to pay it forward and, and extend that same courtesy back. I love that because I can't say it enough. The same ladder you go up is also the same ladder you come back down. And we have to really be mindful of not looking our noses up at someone or not looking our noses down at someone because just because they may be in a particular position, a title does not define who an individual is. So whenever we see women who are in the workplace, who are trying to secure the bag, who are trying to make a name for themselves, who's trying to build generational wealth, but they're also trying to build a generational foundation for those who are coming besides as well as behind them we need to we as women have to start looking at ways that we could salute that woman that we could help champion that woman and that we could look for ways to create synergies to really form healthy collaborations but I feel sometimes no matter what industry you're in sometimes women cannot get get outside of that that mindset that has been so ingrained in them, especially if you're coming from a male dominated industry and you're the only one trying to fight for a seat at the table um, amongst the other few women, or if you're in maybe the education field, or if you're in any industry where there's not a lot of women who look like you color wise or, you know, background wise, um, nationality or stuff like that, you find yourself working twice as hard to prove yourself when in actuality, you're not in competition with anyone but yourself and you're trying to be a better version of yourself daily. So if you had to go back, um, Deborah, to your younger self, would you have done anything differently and why? Oh my, ah, boy, you're right. I am in the hot seat. That's something I would ask my guests. Um, Good question though. I think if I, oh God, there's so much I would love to sit down with my younger self, but I think one of the things that my conversation was centered around is confidence. Um, And I think you've spoken to this before, know your worth and don't be afraid to own that worth. You do have something to contribute. Um, I think I stayed quiet a lot. Um, to the detriment of myself, be out of fear, out of fear of looking stupid, out of fear of being the new kid on the block, out of fear of being the old kid on the block, um, of, of just feeling intimidated. And I, I, while I agree, sometimes closing this and, and leaving this and this open is better, but not all the time. And I, there were definitely times when I should have spoken up and been an advocate for myself, because at the end of the day, there's no one going to CYA us, but us. And so we are so quick to defend a friend. I will defend Genesis. If you say something, I'm going to defend her. I'm going to stand in front and block it and say, uh, uh-uh, uh, not today. 
why can't I do that to myself? So I think the other piece of advice is be your own best advocate, stand up for yourself. It's okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I love how you phrase that other about not being in competition with each other as well. I think I totally agree with you as women, we are shoved into that, whether we recognize it or not. And it's just, listen, I'm not a threat. I am not a threat. I want to partner with you if anything. So thank you for bringing that up. My pleasure. And then whenever you think about women in the workplace, this is going to be a generalized um, statement. And I want you to kind of really open, open your eyes and then open your mind to really think about this whenever I say this. So whenever you think about women in the workplace across the board, what do you think is the hardest thing for a woman to overcome whenever they are entering the workplace? Do you think it's balancing home and work? Do you think it's them balancing, you know, their family and work? Do you think it's them finding their rightful footing in the workplace? Because one, they're a woman and people see women and they expect us to be super women. They want us to be a wife. They want us to be a mother. They want us to be the house cleaner. They want us to wear all these hats, but then they forget at the end of the day, we are a woman and we have needs and wants just as much as a man. Or do you feel like sometimes women do not get enough credit that they deserve for all the efforts that they put in? Wow. E, all the above. No. <laughs> oh, well, based on some of the conversations I have had, um, I would have to say right now in the day, in the days and times we're living in, in this new workplace dynamic we're facing, my answer to that would be, Unfortunately, the burden is on women in the workplace right now to balance that home and work life. Even though companies are putting out really good rhetoric about, yes, we support you, work from home, do what you need to do. I'm finding that that's not exactly true and that's not exactly translating into the actions and into the policies and guidelines that they're then implementing. Women are still feeling that pressure, even working from home. I got to check in. I have to be online. I have to, like, that pressure is still there while they're kids are being homeschooled. They're playing teacher while they, you know, they can't do daycare because many daycare centers are closed. So they're also the provider. It's hard for many households. If there are two parent households, one is leaving, one is staying. And many times the burden does fall on the woman. And that is tough to manage to still stay relevant at work. Even though I'm remote, I'm still relevant. I'm still here, still count me in, but my family needs me too. And I need that to be respected as well. So I find that it's just a constant push and pull that will probably never go away, unfortunately. And it's so sad because we have so many phenomenal organizations out there like, you know, the Time's Up, um, who spearheaded the Me Too movement. We have um, these other moms on a mission. There's so many organizations out there and you have these companies saying, okay, we're going to do X amount of weeks of maternity leave. Then they went ahead and gave the fathers paternity leave. Then we have some companies who, you know, were trying to be conducive of the mothers returning back to work after their maternity leave and have the, the mother's room where they could pump and store their breast milks and all of that stuff. But then if they're gone for too long, then other people outside are looking at them some type of way. Then you have some mothers who they want to come to work early and leave early so they could pick up their kids from you know after school child care or wherever their kids are and spend time with their kids before they have to put them down for bed but then 
people are looking at them for leaving work early, but they don't see that they get to the office early. Then you have um, women who are not mothers and you have those who are mothers that are looking at them like, well, you should be able to stay longer because you don't have any kids, but you don't know that woman may have a fur baby. That woman may have other things going on. So there has to be a healthy balance, but how do we take all of this information and communicate it outwardly without feeling like we're incompetent, like we can't do our job or we can't balance across the board. And I feel like um, since the pandemic, there has been a lot of women who have checked out of the workforce due to various reasons. And then these companies are saying that, oh, we're supportive, but in actuality, they're not really creating that supportiveness in the actions and the deeds like you mentioned, Deborah. So then you feel like the women are here, they want to do more, but they're in a position where they can't necessarily do more because they have other responsibilities that are tied to them that they aren't willing to give up. That's right. So how can we really effectively work together to like come up with, you know, a brilliant formula to show people we are here to stay. We want to be in the workforce, but we need you to respect our boundaries and their healthy boundaries that we're putting into place in order for us to be our whole self. And self-care has to encompass that Mm self-care, self-awareness, self-love and the entire equilibrium needs to be there because we're not lazy and we're not trying to completely tap out. We just feel like some some of the men or the higher ups are forcing us to tap out without really giving us a choice to choose. So agree with you. Uh, I totally co-sign on everything you said. Absolutely. And, and you asked a rhetorical question and I'm not this, I'm, I, I'm not qualified probably enough to answer it. You are more an expert than I am, honestly. But my simple answer is to all the supervisors and managements and executive team members out there who are listening, if you are trying to solve the problem that Genesis just so beautifully laid out, it's simple in my eyes, ask. Pull, pull your female you know, team members in, ask them, what can we do? What do you need from me? It's that simple. And you will be surprised at the answers. It's not a heavy lift. A lot of times they just, like Genesis said, just maybe a skewed workday. Can I start at seven, leave at three? Um, you know, maybe two days at home would be lovely. I could really balance that out. It's, it's not scary. I don't understand why leadership is so, I don't want to have that conversation. Why? It's just ask them. You don't have to revamp the policies. You don't have to call in legal and redo the bylaws and redo. It's just a simple conversation. It's a part of being manager. Look, you want it to be in the C-suite. This is a part of it. You're going to have to have these conversations with your team members because at the end of the day, happy team members produce happy results. And then there you go. I think it's a new day. It's a new day in the workplace. That's why I don't like saying return to because we're not. It's a new it's it's a new dynamic out there and the sooner management and corporate leadership understand that and embrace and embrace some of the innovative thinking and be, play a more supportive role. Oh my gosh, they will be amazed at the retention rates will probably go down. People across the board, men or women will feel so much more satisfied. Just have the conversations because what is fear? It's false evidence appearing real. So just have the conversations, lift the rock up and let the ants out and you will be amazed at all the work that gets done. Yes, all you need to do is ask, because if you don't ask, then you're definitely going to fall into FOMO, the fear of missing out. 
And when I tell people, would you rather have FOMO, fear of missing out, or would you want to have YOLO? You only live once. And if you're only going to live once, then you have to conquer FOMO. And then in order to conquer FOMO, you really have to ask. You have to put yourself in somebody else's shoe. Meet them where they're at because you can't always expect that person to lay everything out for you because they may not know how you're going to receive things on the other end. So just meet them where they're at and have these courageous conversations. Nothing beats a failure but a try. And if you want to see things change, you really have to be willing to ask those questions, listen actively. And then once you're listening actively, then look for ways to implement those changes without bending too far to the left or too far to the right. What is the sweet spot where everybody wins? I love it. Testify. That is perfect. Yes. <laughs> and Deborah, as we begin to wind down, what are your top five tips that you want to leave for women in the workplace that is going to help them run their marathon, get over those hurdles and say, yes, girl, you can do it. I'm here rooting for you. We're in this together. <laughs> Okay, let me just preface this by saying you're getting an administrative support professional's perspective, women. So um, I see you. I see my female leaders out there. So here is my advice for you. Um, first, I'll make it quick. First, communicate, as Genesis just said, just don't be afraid to even start the conversation. Don't wait for your boss to. Why don't you start the conversation? So communication is key. Um confidence, keep that confidence level up at the best that you can. I know, I know, especially in this day and age, it's so easy to be like, uh, you know, but you got this girl, you got this own it. Um, let's see. Don't, uh, innovation. Don't be afraid of new technology. Don't be afraid to explore and try new things, accept changes, accept change. It changes a part of life, right? Genesis it's, it's, it's constant. And so accept that be embrace change. Um, Oh man, I, I have, a, I, ha, I don't know if I have five, but I, the fourth is I've always maintain some semblance of a sense of humor. I cannot tell you how many times my sense of humor has gotten me out of a crazy, it's either bite the pillow and scream in anger or just laugh it off. So I have, cho uh, you got to find a little dose of humor and everything, or you'll go completely nuts. Oh, and don't forget to have faith. And whatever that looks like for you and, and whoever, you know, you are, you know, whoever you pray to or whether it be the universe or a being or whatever that rock is for you, whether it's your family, don't lose sight of that faith that you have that rock solid uh, foundation that keeps you grounded and keeps you real because that's what real life is about. Real life starts after five, it's between 5 p.m. and 8 a.m. That's your real life. The stuff that happens between eight and five can't touch the stuff that happens after five. So keep that faith and family foremost. Beautiful. Those were five amazing gems. And I want to thank you so much for sharing, Deborah. And one thing I want to add for all you beautiful listeners and viewers out there, 
is always learn something new because if you're not learning, you're not growing. And just like the world is changing, you must also evolve as a human being. And the person who's always eager to learn is definitely going to rise to the top because they're not remaining stagnant and they're not allowing their comfort zone to get the best of them. So Deborah, as we close out, give us your quote that gets you over on those hard days, your mantra, or anything that just helps Deborah just shake it up whenever you're feeling blue. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, ah, you got me on the spot. It's, and I think you've heard something like it, but it's like straighten out that crown and keep on, like carry on and straighten up that crown, just like sh- shake it off. I guess to quote Taylor Swift, shake it off. You got this. You're a queen. Straighten it up and go. So, I'm sorry. It's not a direct quote from someone. Oh, okay. I got it. I take it back. Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. I say that almost weekly. So to myself, so I don't remember, (laughs) but yeah, so. Beautiful. And there you have it, listeners and viewers. You just heard Deborah Coleman. Deborah, go ahead and once again, say who you are, the name of your podcast and any other information that you want to share. So the listeners and viewers can connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Genesis, so much for having me on. Again, my name is Deborah Coleman. I am um, the host of the Have a Seat Conversations with Women in the Workplace podcast. I know it's a mouthful, so if you just go into your favorite podcast listening um, platform and just type in Have a Seat, you'll find me uh, or check me out. I have a website, haveaseatconversations.com. It was a pleasure being here today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard the fabulous Deborah Coleman. Make sure you go connect with her on her social media platforms. Head on over to her website. And if you liked what she's saying, connect with her. It's so powerful when we connect and do life together. No one does life by themselves. You know why? That's boring. Boring. So once again, signing out. Peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and be great, y'all.